You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Electrolytes in general should be part of your regular nutrition plan, just like you eat before you're hungry, potentially. You know, advice does vary, but in terms of drinking, say, before you're thirsty, people will say, oh, no, wait till you're thirsty. That means you're actually thirsty and you need to drink. You know, ultimately, you, you know your body best and you have to learn your body and how it reacts to different conditions. That was Jonathan Toker. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, welcome. Welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Before we get started, I wanted to thank our sponsors, Mad Ritual CBD, best CBD balm ever. I'm training and working out five to six days a week, and this healing recovery balm has been a game changer. But more about that later. I'm super excited to introduce you to today's guest, Jonathan Toker, founder of Salt Stick. He is also an elite level trail runner and triathlete, formerly a pro triathlete, with his PhD in organic chemistry from the Scripps Research Institute. And he's also the slow twitch science editor. For Jonathan, it all began in mid-2002 as a long distance professional triathlete competing in races. He grew weary of taping electrolyte capsules onto his bike top tube. And in one race in particular, It was raining, his capsules turned to mush, except for the section under the electrical tape that he used. And while he managed to finish that race with some salt in his system, he decided there had to be a better way to hold and dispense capsules. Salt Stick was born in 2006. Today, it is sold in over 40 countries around the world. On today's episode, Jonathan and I are talking about the importance of hydration and electrolytes during endurance sports, everyday activities, and how Salt Stick is helping treat patients with chronic illness. Jonathan turned his passion for endurance sports and chemistry into a career that he loves. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Head over to your listening device, scroll through all of the episodes, Click on write a review, leave us five stars, and tell us what you love about the podcast. Also, share the episodes you like with your friends, give us a shout out on Instagram in your stories, and feel free to DM or email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com if you have questions for any of our guests or if you have guest ideas. Now, a word from our sponsor, Mad Ritual CBD. Today's episode is fueled by Mad Ritual CBD. Mad Ritual CBD has changed my recovery game in a really big way. Get ready to recover like a rebel with these awesome, high quality CBD infused products. Their CBD balm is off the charts amazing. And I'm not the only one that thinks so. Mad Ritual has 100 plus five star reviews. The balms have five simple organic ingredients 
coconut oil, shea butter, olive oil, plant wax, CBD, and different blends of essential oils. Personally, I prefer the eucalyptus and peppermint. They also offer a terrific CBD-infused total recovery supplement. Not just for athletes, the products are formulated to ease all of the aches and pains that come along with being an active human. So, if you are sore from life, Mad Ritual gets it. Founded by women athletes and active entrepreneurs, they are committed to helping active folks bring more balance to their lives. Mad Ritual is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off. Head over to their website, madritual.com, and use the code Marnie on the Move. Now, on to the episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast, Jonathan. This is so awesome. My pleasure. I have been using your salt stick product for now, I want to say like almost 10 years, if that's possible. I mean, since I started doing triathlons, it kind of came onto my radar. So maybe it was, maybe it's, yeah, like I want to say like almost a decade. And they've really been game changers for my training and my racing. A lot of people don't know about the real benefits of salt and salt stick during training. So maybe you could tell me a little bit about where the company began and sort of some of the benefits of using your product while training and racing during endurance sports. For sure. So it sounds like you were one of the early adopters. We actually launched the company in 2006. Okay. And yeah. so the, the product launched in 2006. So uh, given that we're 2019 here, you were definitely uh, early on. And it's great to hear your feedback and appreciate that. It's, uh, you're not alone. There's been a lot of athletes who have benefited over the years from using Salt Stick. So to cut to the chase, I guess, basically Salt Stick is a product line which is designed to help athletes and others in outdoor environments and those losing sweat to replace the electrolytes that are lost in sweat typically. And talking about electrolytes like sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. And our body needs all of, those, all of those electrolytes to control many of our biological functions. And without those electrolytes, essentially we would die. Or that's at a, obviously at a serious level, but even being deficient in any of, any of those electrolytes can cause some issues like uh, fatigue and cramping. And so having the right sort of source and replacement of those kind of electrolytes is critical for athletes to achieve their best performance. And so as somebody, you of all people should know, because you've been both an elite and professional triathlete and trail runner at different points of your career. So tell me a little bit about how you discovered this product. So I started doing endurance sports back in basically 2000 is when I started uh, doing long course racing. I really started doing some longer training in like 99, 98, doing my first triathlon. And at that time, I was having some major nutritional issues and cramping. Doing my first half Ironman in 99, I realized during the run, for example, that if my shoelace had come untied, there was, there was no way I was going to lean over and tie it again. I was going to cramp up majorly uh, to a point where I wouldn't be able to walk again. And I realized through research and talking with other athletes and coaches that uh, my problem was probably nutrition-based because at that point in time, I was really just training on water and chocolate and maybe a couple of sports drinks. Yeah, it was a really different really time nothing. back then. Yeah. 
Well, it was. It was for two reasons. One is I had no formal training in this. I wasn't. I didn't come from a track history or a swimming background or anything like that. Where basically, even at that time, coaches were advising their athletes, at least at some measure, good nutrition. So I had none of that. And it also wasn't sort of at the forefront in shops at the time, other than a couple of sports drinks and stuff. But certainly, the supplement market wasn't what it is today. And so through research and experimentation, I realized that significantly increasing my electrolyte intake was all the difference I needed. It made, made all the difference. And suddenly I had no more cramping issues. And I was using some other products because salt stick at that point didn't exist. It was just, well, hadn't existed, hadn't been invented yet. And using salt products, a combination, magnesium, potassium, tablets, uh, really making my own kind of concoctions and I guess it's worth mentioning at this point, so my background as a professional athlete also coincides with my background as a professional in science. And so I have a PhD in chemistry, which is something that, well, chemistry isn't everyone's favorite subject, but I've always enjoyed it. And it's really useful, put it that way. In our lives, there's a couple of companies out there who have taglines like, you know, made easier through science or, you know, better living through chemistry, stuff like that. It's really true. I mean, chemistry is in, in pervades all our lives in different ways. With everything from sunblock to understanding our nutrition to the technology that we use is often based on chemistry. And were you doing the two and simultaneously, so, like as a professional athlete and also working as a chemist? I was actually. And so I started doing triathlon during grad and grad school, for those of you who have been through it and for those of you who aspire to it potentially, is can be very life-changing, uh, can be very stressful, and can also be very draining. And it's great to have something to fall back on in your life during grad school to kind of have some have a diversion from grad school. And for me, it ended up being triathlon. And I still remember a day once when I was in the pool early in the morning. I had set up a reaction in the lab, thought, you know, I'd get that going and then go for a swim. So I was doing laps eight in the morning or something, and one of my colleagues came running over and said, Jonathan, your fume hood exploded, Some, your reaction exploded in the fume hood. And of course, I got out quickly and went back to the lab, and sure enough, there was goo everywhere and glass, and it, luckily no one was injured. It wasn't, it wasn't actually a major explosion, but it definitely blew up from a pressure um, explosion, and I realized at that point that you know, it's it's nice to have two things going on at the same time, but sometimes things do fall apart. And the same can be said for athletics. But right. you know, if you're working really hard, all that stress can accumulate and cause uh, your goals in athletics to deteriorate at the same time. So, anyways, I was doing both uh, triathlon and uh, or endurance sports and science at the same time, and then that progressed through when I was working in industry after grad school. And when I started Salt Stick. And so you started Salt Stick and were you able to promote it amongst the other athletes that were out on the course with you? Or were they, did they understand the concept of taking salt to other athletes at the time? I think inherently athletes realize that nutrition is really important. And people get that from an early age, just knowing that they love to eat and yes. knowing that the wrong foods will react poorly with them and the best foods will give them energy and, you know, they can party all night on the right foods. Right. Well, I had the good fortune when I was training. I was living in San Diego after grad school, well, during and after. When you're from school. Canada, right? And I had. You grew up. I am originally. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I moved to San Diego for grad school. Okay. 
and I stayed there afterwards to work and to train and had the good fortune to train with a lot of the locals there and San Diego was and is still to some measure a hotbed for triathlon. The weather's great, the roads, the training facilities are really good and because there's a concentration of athletes, it's not quite what Boulder is now, but mm-hmm. it was pretty good at the time and there were wide open roads and great 50 meter pools and stuff like that. And a lot of the European pros would come to San Diego just prior to Ironman for six weeks, perhaps just to acclimate to the heat and the time change. And so I had a good fortune to train with a lot of them. And so over time, um, they were my guinea pigs basically um, in a good way. Uh, They were able to benefit from some of the early technology that I developed and helped improve it through giving me feedback and, I did that as well to myself. Um, I mean, these aren't these aren't drugs. These are dietary supplements. Right. So they're not designed to cure or treat any condition, but they do help people in a way that a food can, a properly designed food can. And so, through testing and through work. What is the science behind how much you sweat and how many salt sticks you should be using throughout your race or training? Exercise physiologists have been exploring sweat loss since the days of literally, you know, First World World War. I mean, uh, they've had soldiers in conditions that have caused, obviously, major sweat loss. And then athletes over the years, I I do hear stories from people telling me that, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, I was given salt tablets doing football and stuff. So, I mean, this has been on the radar for many, many years. Right. And during that time, exercise physiologists and others have studied sweat loss, and they've come up with certain averages in terms of the amounts of electrolytes lost in sweat. Now, there are variations, obviously, between people. Individuals are, are individuals. Um, but on average, um, you know, there's a significant amount of sodium that's lost in sweat and then lesser amounts of potassium, magnesium, and calcium. So the ratios, once again, are very, you know, vary based on the individual. Mm-hmm. But typically, it's on the order of uh, three to one for sodium to potassium. So three times more sodium is lost than potassium. And then smaller amounts of magnesium and calcium. Usually, calcium is lost at twice the rate of magnesium. Um, the goal with salt stick, frankly, is to replace the electrolytes and the ratio that they're lost. Uh, and in a form and quantity the body can absorb kind of our underlying philosophy. And so the goal is to give your body the building blocks to replenish what it's losing. Exercise physiologists can't agree exactly on, you know, exactly what's lost because once again, these are average numbers. With my training, I've worked with different nutritionists and I've done a test where go on the scale before I do a workout and then I come like, you know, it would be probably a training run or a ride. And then I go back on to see how much water I've lost. Just basically, you know, when I'm, when I was training for some like 70.3 distance Ironman races, I did a few tests to see like how much I sweat and how much, you know, it's, it's, it's not obviously, you know, the day of the race, who knows what could happen, but it was just to give me a sense so that I could get ahead of it. How important is it to kind of be ahead of how much you're going to sweat? And so instead of taking a salt stick cap when you're already starting to cramp, is it something that you might want to work into your nutrition plan and just do it anyway? So you've covered a couple of different points there. The first thing 
is about testing. And I think that's the best advice for any athlete um, is to undergo some sort of testing. And it doesn't have to be in a rigorous environment where you're in a lab. That does exist, and it is beneficial because it just does give you a numerical analysis. But testing can also just going out, being, going out and trying in your own training and trying different strategies of replacement to see what works for you. The, the thing is that um, testing in practice doesn't always translate well to the race course because there's other stresses that occur during racing. So it's also worth trying different things in racing that you, I'm not saying try something new, but be flexible yeah. with your strategy and realize that racing isn't always the same as training. Because you could possibly be exerting more energy during a race than when you are training. Yeah, typically it's more energy. Typically, it's more energy and, and more stressful. Um, there's also other compounding factors that you may not have as much control over, environmental conditions, for example, or equipment that, you know, you're using disc wheels, you know, or race wheels that you don't normally use in training, and that could affect something to do or different shoes than you normally use, and suddenly you're putting different strain on mus muscles that you don't normally use, and that can also cause cramping, and it may not be related to electrolytes in that case. Right. Um, so, yeah, electrolytes aren't all about cramping. It's it's um, sort of at a more holistic level. It's about proper nutrition and po proper replacement of what's being lost at some some level. It doesn't have to be one for one. That's the thing. Um, proper nutrition. I usually take one salt stick cap per hour if it's over 80 degrees, even if I don't feel. Like I need it, I want to have it and be ahead of it so that I don't end up cramping because cramping for me would start on the run. Do you have any suggestions on how much athletes should be taking? You asked earlier about um, the, you know, if you're cramping already, is it too late or should you try to take something prophylactically before you start cramping? And the answer is definitely yes. Um, so salt stick or electrolytes in general should be part of your regular nutrition plan, just like you eat before you're hungry, potentially. You know, advice does vary, but in terms of drinking, say, before you're thirsty, people will say, oh, no, wait till you're thirsty. That means you're actually thirsty and you need to drink. You know, ultimately, you, you know your body best and you have to learn your body and how it reacts to different conditions. But the idea is once you start cramping, um, no, it's not too late. You can still resolve it, but by then it's already affecting your performance. So the ideal is to deal with it before you start cramping, and that means supplementing on a regular basis based on your experience, so based on your training. Uh, we do have a couple of different products. Just back to my point, I guess, about the, the choice of products. So th there is the capsules that you mentioned, and, and any capsule product takes a little bit of time to open in the stomach and make itself available to the body. And so what I was saying is if you're already cramping, you may look at a different type of product, like we have a chewable product, which is the fast chews line. And so you can actually chew on those, suck on those. Um, they'll actually absorb through your buccal membranes, which are inside your cheeks, basically, your, your mouth. And that will actually cause quicker absorption of the electrolytes. And so if you're already cramping, you'd want to choose something potentially like a chewable, or we also have a liquid product, which is our new product we just launched called Elixolite. And so that's also... Uh, much quicker in absorption. So if you're actually cramping actively, you might consider something like that. Uh, That's good conditions. to have to have on board on deck with with your with everything else that you're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was just giving people options. I mean, nutrition is all about options. There's a reason why there's so many different flavors of different energy bars or flavors of drinks. So we have a couple of different flavors of our chewables, but also the idea of different forms. So there's tablets, there's capsules, there's uh, liquid. And so having those options, I think, to provide athletes with the best choice. You mentioned something else about cold temperature. So the race that you're going to be doing, you said the New York City Marathon, is yeah. likely going to be a you know cooler race. And a lot of people think that we only sweat when it's hot out. And we actually have a really great blog entry from a little while back about uh, training and racing in cold weather and how electrolyte needs are actually still significant even in colder conditions. Cross-country skiers know this. Uh, certainly those who are out training in the winter know this as well. So just uh, don't think just just because it's cooler, you don't need electrolytes. Uh, Usually the demand is lower, it's true, Mm -hmm. but it still should be part of your routine as as, uh, your nutrition routine. And especially running. I definitely have it on board. As an athlete, I'm sure you know, right, that you just have to take what you need because if you take extra, you probably take it anyway. And if you don't take enough, you'll need it. Are you still doing Ironman races and training and doing triathlons? So I still train as a triathlete, and I still consider myself to be a triathlete. I'm not actively racing right now as a triathlete. I just needed a break. I think my last triathlon was three years ago, and my last uh, long course race was over a decade ago, frankly, at this point. So I guess I just needed a bit of a break, and so in moving away from racing as a pro, I retired as a pro in 2006 and kept racing for a couple of years at a pretty high level as an age grouper. I just couldn't commit the time that I was when I was racing as a pro. But I moved over to trail running because I just felt that I was more competitive in that area. It gave me different goals to achieve that I hadn't reached yet. And so being able to travel, say, to the Swiss Alps and run, I don't know, the Jungfrau Marathon or the Zermatt Marathon or some old tracks race at the foot of the Matterhorn just those are still inspiring races and I still do those races at a high level so I guess moving from elite triathlete to elite trail runner has been has been what I've been up to the last couple of years you're competing at an elite level still I still am yes I don't race as much I just don't feel like it yeah where do you where do you you, do you live in San Diego still or where do you live now where you now I'm up in the LA area now. you're in LA got it I live in the Santa Monica mountains in LA so it's uh, it's great training here. It's outside the city. It uh, yeah, it's pretty inspiring to get out on the trails actually. So that that keeps me keeps me busy. And last week you were in Hawaii. Did you go to Kona, or you were were you there watching the race, and then you or were you just Hawaii in Hawaii independently? So I was there for the Ironman World Championships. Mm-hmm. I raced that that race twice in two thousand two thousand one, which feels. It's long. a long time ago, but it doesn't yeah. feel that long ago. I can still remember those two experiences as being both the highlight and the low light of my career. In a sense, uh, they were they were incredibly difficult days. Uh, very windy, very hot, and some of the slower days, the slower years that they've had. Uh, but it was humbling, yeah. and it was definitely a goal to achieve to be able to race out there. This year, I went back, as I've gone back every year for the last couple of years, to support Salt Stick and all the athletes that use it. Many of the pros, many, many of the age groupers use it, and it's available on the island, the shops, and the expo. And so just supporting that and supporting the athletes 
was my goal to be there. And then you did a really fun hike, you said, which is sounds cool. Yeah, I've not, I'm not in, I haven't gotten into trail running yet, but I have a lot of friends that love it. A lot of my friends in triathlon have been moving to trail running and more for the exploratory nature of it as less, less about like the running. I totally agree. I yeah. think that's one of the things that draws me to trail running is the exploratory nature. I'm, I've always been fairly adventurous and I like the idea of going out on an adventure rather than going out on a run. And for me, every day on the trail is an adventure. I went running the other day. I saw a coyote and a rabbit. And to me, that was kind of an achievement to say, okay, I saw a coyote and a rabbit that day. And yesterday I was doing yoga on the beach and I saw dolphins and a sea lion. And, you know, those kind of things where it's not necessarily as much about the athletic part, although I still really enjoy that and I still love getting KOMs when I'm on Strava and and are you on Zwift also I'm not actually I tend to only ride outdoors oh okay and the idea of riding indoors when you live in LA is is it's legitimate given the traffic situation yeah but I'm fortunate to live outside the city so I just haven't gotten into to that you're asking about Hawaii, and yes. uh, one of the adventures I had after yes. the race was uh, hiking up Mauna Loa, and so driving up to 11,000 feet and hiking a couple of miles up to the summit at almost 14,000 feet was a challenge, but it was not that hard, frankly, given that I was all that I'm fit. And what I was going to say about training and racing, it's not all about the athletic achievement anymore. It's more about being fit enough to be able to do any sort of any sort of adventure that comes my way. And I think that's kind of a goal that a lot of people shift towards later in their athletic careers. It's mm-hmm. not so much about, you know, what place you have. It's it's more a question of, hey, do you want to go hike this mountain this weekend? And you can say yes without specific training towards that. So speaking of fitness, I mean, do you have a certain fitness level or maintenance program that you're just constantly doing so that you're able to sort of go do a 14,000 foot summit? I do. I basically always training. So every day I do at least one or two activities. I swam this morning, for example, for an hour. I have a master's group that I swim with a couple of times a week. I run regularly, maybe four to six times a week. I bike usually three to four times a week. So it's, it's like I said, it's, it's almost like triathlon training, as it used to be, it's probably 15 to 20 hours, maybe even higher than that some some weeks. So just staying fit enough to be able to do any event means that you're always doing something every yes. day, basically. Toker Engineering is the parent company for Salt Stick. What was your philosophy on creating this as a parent company, and are you planning to create more products? I, I called it Toker Engineering because the idea is that it's product engineering. Right. And so at this point in time, Salt Stick is the only brand under that. And it just, it was, gave me an opportunity because in a sense, I consider myself to be an inventor and Salt Stick was an invention that, you know, I've been working on for the last 14 or so years. It's the only one right now. Yeah. I mean, running a business and being an entrepreneur and also training is a, is a lot of, it's a lot of time. It is. It is. And I love to travel, too. And so I try to combine all of those as well. So travel affords the ability to train in unusual con- conditions or environments, uh, see and meet interesting people, and usually carry out some business depending on where I am, if it's race-related or if it's 
you know, taking photographs for the product line. I was uh, recently, for example, at the Grand Canyon and was able to take some launch photos for our new Elixolite product, you know, cool, cool situation and a legitimate training environment. And I mean, that's pretty neat to be able to do that as part of one's job. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you love what you do and you've created a career where you can do what you love and best of both worlds. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, and it's, but it sounds like you know what you're talking about because you're also in a situation, it sounds like, where you're being able to, you know, live the life and interview people and support the, you know, endurance sporting world yeah. the way that you do. I do. I definitely do. I've always been in marketing and PR and I started the podcast two years ago and I have always worked in fitness and wellness, but also other industries. And I do really love doing triathlon and traveling for work. And ultimately the dream would be, you know, to be just doing it all together. So for me, training, and I'm sure you feel this way, like the, the training and the goals I set through athleticism help me be more successful in what I do for work. And I don't know if, if you have that experience. You were a professional athlete, so you were actually performing. Your job was to be an athlete, but now you have salt stick and you're using athleticism as a way to power you to be successful in your business. I, I agree. I couldn't have said it better. I've basically set things up in a way right now where I'm able to support the athletes and the customers that use the products by living the life that they are you know, trying to achieve as well through use of the products. So yes, I'm a competitor. Yes, I'm an athlete. You know, I, I'm, I'm out there. I'm on the same course as they are. I, I certainly try my best when I can and you know, incorporate that into my business as well. Are there any good lessons that you've learned through sport and athleticism that have informed you on how to grow your business or maybe vice versa? Always. I mean, I can't refer to anything specific, um, frankly. Uh, I know that when I first started doing uh, long course and I was in 2000, I had a bike crash, major bike crash, and it was in April or March. And I had already signed up for the uh, Ironman California at the time that was in May. And unfortunately, you know, I wasn't able to race. At the time, they were able to move my entry over to Ironman Canada, which was in August. And so, you know, just the perseverance and the idea of recovery and getting back on one's feet and training, I mean, that relates to athletics just as it does to business, frankly. I mean, there's always stumbling blocks. We've all had our own accidents. We've all had issues, failures, challenges. And so I think there's a, a, a big parallel, frankly, between athletics and business in many ways. I mean, people have written about this. It's, it's not, I haven't, I'm not the one who discovered it or I'm popularizing it in any way. I think one feeds off the other. And I think there's a lot of very successful business people who are very competitive athletes. That's why I started the podcast. <laughs> we have been talking a lot about athletes, hydration and electrolytes for endurance sports, but I know salt stick is not just for athletes. Tell me more about this. We were talking, uh, we've been talking about athletes, and I just wanted to mention that we don't only work with athletes, and it's kind of an interesting aspect that 
has evolved over the last couple of years. I just thought you might be interested yeah. in, in hearing about this. There's a lot of outdoor workers that are affected by, you know, loss of electrolytes and that have benefited from proper electrolyte replacement. But there's also another subset of people which have come on our radar over the last few years and we've begun really working heavily with them is patients that have conditions called, um, well, cystic fibrosis is one, EDS is another, is Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and really uh, the big one is POTS, which is a postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Mm -hmm. And basically people can't get up without passing out. Uh, The change of position between lying down and standing up literally causes such a drop in blood pressure that they pass out. And a lot of patients have found that increasing their salt intake has been really beneficial because it helps increase their plasma volume, so it encourages the body to retain a bit more water. And by doing that, it reduces the chance that they they pass out or they get dizzy. And so we created Vitassium, which is another salt stick product for those patients. And it's a high in sodium, high in potassium product. And it's just really interesting because in working with these patients and working with a group called Dysautonomia International, Mm -hmm. and we're now a very, uh, we donate a lot of money to Dysautonomia International actually to help with patient advocacy and patient support and research. And we're, it's just a proud outreach that we're, we're keen on. There are a subset of people in the world who have too much salt and should not take additional salt. There are also some people who can't have salt at all. You know, as we always advise, check with your physician if you're in a condition where there could be some question on that. For a lot of other people, there's no effect at all. Uh, They can basically eat as much salt as they want. And, you know, there still are some potential longer term consequences. But if they're losing significant amounts of salt in sweat, for example, by training 10, 20 hours a week, then they need some replenishment. Now, it could be through regular diet if they have a high salt diet. But, you know, a lot of people are actually deficient in salt. It's not that common, Mm -hmm. but uh, the estimate is somewhere between 20 to 30% of people are actually chronically deficient in salt. A lot of older people, frankly, who don't hydrate very well would hydrate better if they had a little more salt intake. And especially in hot conditions, you hear about elderly people who are, you know, rescued from their homes in the middle of summer, East Coast or somewhere, and there's a heat wave. And a lot of them are dehydrated. And frankly, setting them up with proper fluid intake, including electrolytes, is is really important. So it's not just athletes, um, and it's not just, you know, a subset of smaller subset. It actually could affect a larger population. How are you getting the word out about all of these projects and initiatives? So we obviously, as any company, would have limited bandwidth. Uh, We've chosen at this point to focus on two major groups, uh, athletes, obviously, and then supporting conditions related to autonomic conditions, uh, which are basically autonomic conditions basically affect the uh, body's ability to control its own functions. And so once again, POTS, for example, where the body cannot control the orthostatic pressure uh, changing uh, based on changing position, that's an autonomic condition. And so we've been working with physicians and hospitals who specialize in those conditions and our work with uh, Dysautonomia International 
uh, as well. Now we've also started working with support groups for cystic fibrosis and EDS and some other conditions where salt stick or electrolyte products seem to have some benefit. So those are our best approaches right now. Obviously the condition that I mentioned where you have, you know, say an elderly person during a heat wave in the summer, we're not able to reach them directly at this point. We're counting on, you know, general public awareness of the importance of hydration. You know, our products are available on Amazon and our, our own website, saltstick.com readily. And so we're also counting on physicians and friends and family to, to be able to guide people that may benefit from these kind of products. Well, I think what you're doing is amazing. I know people can go to your website at saltstick.com to learn more. We also have a, a sub-website for the Vitassium product for anyone curious about the autonomic conditions. So it's vitassium.com. Okay. And we also have social media presence, obviously. Links are on our main website, but Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We have a, a good following on all those platforms as well. Awesome. And I also know that for listeners of your podcast, we have a, a 20% discount using the code MARNIE20. M-A-R-N-I and the two zero, using it on saltstick.com. Here's a link there of the shopping page. You also have a user guide on your website in case listeners are wondering how much they should take and when they should be using saltstick. Because it's so difficult to generalize. Yes. And so I went ahead and I wrote a pretty detailed usage guide, which, of course, it's a generalization because individuals are, are exactly those, you know, they're individuals. Right. But... Uh, there at least gives some basis. And so once again, through the saltstick.com website, you can look at our usage guides and see what kind of event you're doing. So for example, you said you're running the New York, New York City Marathon coming up. Yes. Look at the marathon program and see, you know, we recommend, for example, taking some product the night before the race. Just okay. to make sure that That's you're starting the event at 100%. There's no point in starting it at 90% levels. And so... We, we have helpful suggestions like that as well on our website. I think that's really great advice. I mean, as I'm, you know, spending the last two weeks now and tapering and also eating lots of sweet potatoes and avocado and working on my nutrition so that come race day, I'm ready to roll. So that's good to know. I know that, you know, it's important to stay hydrated for at least, as always, it's important to stay hydrated, but specifically as you get closer to a race, to really, really be mindful of that. So I will add that to my pre-race fueling. Salt Stick is also available at local retailers. We have it at Jackrabbit. We try to support retailers because, you know, these days retailers, brick and mortar, are struggling, and we do our best to continue to supply products to them and to support, you know, fair pricing across the board and make sure that we have an MSRP obviously in place and we try to encourage retailers to support that both online and in retail. Yeah. And so we do sell through Jackrabbit. We sell through REI, Roadrunner Sports, or some of our bigger chains. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you have a mom and pop shop near you and they carry the product, I would recommend supporting them. Or if they don't carry it, you can certainly ask them to carry it. So, all right, cool. Well, it was great speaking with you. Thank you very much for your time. I'm glad we got to connect. And um, I'm definitely going to look on your usage guide for the night before. That's great advice. I didn't even think of that. So, awesome. Thank you. Super. Well, you're welcome. Glad I could be of assistance in that. And that sounds great. Yeah. Well, it's been great chatting, Marnie. Yeah, I same. Same here. Again. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.